The New York Mets already have an Acuna. Now it seems like they're set to sign a Guerrero. We'll talk about that and also some of the top international free agents outside of Yoshinobu Yamamoto on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we're looking at the international market. First, there was an interesting sign the Mets are reportedly going to make once that period begins for the international pool of uh, players you can sign to your farm system, who has a big old name. Then in the first segment as well, we'll talk about some of the top players that can be added for the 2024 roster, beginning with Shota Imanaga. Then in the second segment, I'll talk about Jung-Hoo Lee. In the final segment, we'll address multiple pitchers that are expected to be posted. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing just baseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, before we get into all of the other international free agents outside of Yoshinobu Yamamoto that the Mets could explore signing this offseason, there was a report today about an interesting name that they have signed. It's not a free agent. I guess technically it is. Uh, this is an international signing when it comes to prospects. The international draft pool, which will open up in the middle of January, where the Mets can start to sign some players, and Mike Mayer of Metsmerize, and they do amazing work over there at Metsmerize. It's where I got my start, so I encourage all you to check out all the written stuff they have going on uh, on the site. Mike Mayer runs things, and he has a lot of uh, really good sources, and he found out that the Mets are signing Vladdy Miguel Guerrero, one of Vladimir Guerrero, Hall of Famer, one of his sons. Okay, Obviously, the most notable of his sons is the one that is starring in Toronto with the Blue Jays and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. This is another Vladdy Guerrero, but it's Vladdy Miguel Guerrero, which I imagine he'll just go by Miguel Guerrero when he when he gets to the big leagues, that that's a definite. But uh, if he gets to the big leagues, I'm sure it'll be Miguel Guerrero. Regardless, this is an exciting potential signing for the Mets. I can't sit here and tell you this guy is uh, the next Vladdy Jr. I can't say he's going to be awesome, but it's a notable name and a name that uh, you know I'm sure had a lot of suitors to, to go decide where he wanted to sign. He picked the Mets. He's 17 years old. Unlike his brother or his father, he's a lefty. Watched a video of him hitting home runs at Lone Depot Park. I guess back then it might have been Miami Marlins Park. Uh, and with a metal bat, he looked awesome. Okay. Kind of looked like when Juan Soto gets into one. But 17-year-old, I'm not going to spend too much time breaking it down. It was exciting, though, for sure, to see that the Mets have a Guerrero. They have an Acuna. It'd be nice if they got uh, a Soto. 
this offseason. Uh, they almost had Soto's little brother at one point. He ended up with the Nationals, but uh, still an exciting little piece of Mets news. Let's get to the meat of the show today, though, which is the international free agents that are out there. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has gotten a lot of runtime on Locked On Mets, but there are other free agents that are hitting the market from the international market here that are of interest. And we're going to begin with the guy I think the Mets should most be looking at outside of Yamamoto, and that is Shota Emanaga. Now, this is not going to be an ace, but then you look at his numbers, and he had a 280 ERA this past season, 148 innings pitched. He struck out 10.6 batters per nine. That is better than Yamamoto's strikeout rate and better than Kodai Senga's strikeout rate in his last year in the NPB. He also kept his walks down, walks at 1.5 per nine. So a little more control than Kodai Senga, potentially pounding the zone a bit more. Really good strikeouts. He's a lefty. It's a really interesting arm. Imanaga is at this stage right now where I think he's more viewed as a potential number three starter than a frontline guy, but there was also some talk last year that Kodai Senga was not necessarily a frontline guy, and he proved to be. So it's not to say that it's apples to apples and he's definitely going to translate the same way, but if you're the Mets this offseason, you need to add two arms. Imanaga is a really interesting option here that the Mets should absolutely be pursuing, and if so many teams are focused on Yamamoto, and I'm not saying the Mets shouldn't have their focus there because they should. Imanaga is a guy you want to make sure you're you know, checking on and, and keeping your tabs on right now because he would be a really nice fit. I don't know if they're going to go the all-Japanese rotation and have uh, Senga, Yamamoto, and Imanaga. I, it feels like that would be pretty unrealistic. But if you miss out on Yamamoto and you have a chance to sign Imanaga, it's definitely the pitcher uh, that I would be most interested in of all the names we're talking about today because it's a starter. A lot of the guys we're going to go through are relief pitchers. Imanaga is a guy that I am pretty confident is going to be able to go out in the big leagues and whether or not he reaches the absolute ceiling of being a great number three or even better, I think you're at least going to get innings, like quality MLB innings. If he, if you're looking at your rotation and, Oh, let's just say you strike out on Yamamoto and you make a trade for someone else to slot in next to Sanga top the rotation. If you have two lefties in the middle of your rotation in Quintana and Imanaga, I think you're in a good place and Imanaga would be on a longer term deal that would you know, have him as a fixture in the rotation uh, for more years to come beyond this upcoming season, which is all you have control of Quintana uh, under his current contract. He's older than Yamamoto. He's 30. So, uh, you know, it's it's obviously not a guy that you're going to want to sign to a seven, eight-year deal, but I don't think he's going to get that in this market. I think he probably gets like a really nice three-year contract potentially here, and the Mets should be absolutely in. But he is not the only of the international free agents that the Mets can be in on. There are some relievers. There's also a potential center fielder. So what we're going to do next is we're going to discuss some of the rest of the market uh, beginning with Jung-Hoo Lee, which is the one position player we'll be looking at today. Before we get into Lee, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
It's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season. You got college football. You got the NBA with their in-season tournament. There is always something to watch when it comes to sports each night. And if you want a little extra betting interest, go to FanDuel. The app is so easy to use, and there's just a wide range of betting options from the spread, the player props, to over-unders, and more. And again, remember, if you place that $5 money line bet and you win, you're going to get an extra $150 in bonus bets. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's look at Jung-Hoo Lee, the next international free agent of interest for the New York Mets. Lee is an outfielder. Uh, he could play center field. He's one of five golden gloves. He has the arm to go play right if you wanted him to. So for the Mets, in this case, if they were to pursue Lee and sign him in free agency, to me it would be, for one, an admission that Starling Marte might not ever be the same uh, because I think he would then be your right fielder with Brandon Nemo staying in center. Then you, I guess, would push Marte into left where he'd be in some form of a platoon with DJ Stewart where it's probably just whoever's healthy gets to play, it would make some sense. Lee is a really good contact hitter. His career average in the KBO is 340. His on-base percentage is 407. Doesn't have a ton of slug to his game, although he did hit 23 home runs during the 2022 season, but that was one of two times in his career where he's actually eclipsed double digits in home runs. The thing is, he's 25. So it's not to say he's a finished product, this guy could still develop a little bit more. He could tap into more power. Arm Layton, who works with me over at Just Baseball, does really good work on prospects and has also been doing a lot uh, of deep dives into these uh, international free agents this offseason. He's got an article that I think we're going to probably post it today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you can find that at JustBaseball.com. But he sort of gets into uh, the, the swing for um, – Jung-Hoo Lee here. And what he notes that's really interesting is this is a guy that has gotten into those hitter counts where he can launch. And all of a sudden you see an increase in his launch angle where he starts to drive the baseball with a little bit more authority. He's a really good hitter in that regard. He had a comp here. Who was it? I think it was Alex Bregman as far as just being able to find the right pitches to try to launch on, improve that launch angle and drive the ball out of the yard. So Jung-Hoo Lee is a really accomplished hitter that, you know, he also gives off some Luis Arise arm notes here because of his just great control of the zone, great control of his bat, being able to put bat on ball in any count. If he's in a two strike hole, he still doesn't strike out over 
He had a great stat in here. I want to find it because it was, yeah, okay. Over the last 245 games that he's played, this is including the World Baseball Classic, Lee has struck out just 57 times. That is a strikeout rate of 5%. And he says in this even further, only 22 of those 57 are looking. Um, nine of the called third strikes were outside of the zone. So he even make that smaller. So a really great command of the strike zone a really athletic player who hasn't necessarily tapped into his speed on the base pass much, but utilizes it great in the outfield. And again, he's developed, you know, still at 25, there is room for development. So I'm trying, he develops. There's still room for development. They don't steal a ton of bases in the MPB. So coming over here with the bigger bases, all these new rules, he might all of a sudden pop off and swipe 20 bats. It's not, expected but it could happen joe huli has a very high floor and i think my only concern about him is what the market's going to be because i could see him developing a market that maybe overpays him a bit because there's just not a lot of talent here he is hitting free agency at the right time but if you're just talking strictly fit i would really like this fit if you're looking at outfielders on the market that the mets would sign to a multi-year deal i don't think there's anybody else I want to see the Mets sign. I don't want to see them sign Teoscar Hernandez, where I'm not even positive how much longer he's going to stick in the outfield, or Jorge Soler, who's proven that he can't stick in the outfield. Guys that have some promise to hit the ball a long way, but long term, if they're on a multi-year deal, I just don't know how much they're going to help my actual outfield defense. With John Lee, you're going to get that. So you'd have him and Nemo for the foreseeable future, patrolling the outfield, that would be really promising. He's got a really good contact-oriented approach. So now you'd have another guy similar to Jeff McNeil in that respect in your lineup that you're not expecting to strike out much, put the ball in play. The Mets have to add power to their lineup as well this offseason, and so he doesn't really satisfy that. But if you're just strictly looking at the fit, he does fit the Mets better than most free agents. They haven't really shown much interest in him, though, and I think it's because of what I've been discussing on this show since the end of the season, that this is not a team star for position players. Yes, if they went out and they traded for Juan Soto, that is changing the entire face of your franchise potentially for a decade. It's a different story. When you're just looking at putting together a team that can compete next season, position players just aren't at the top of the list, particularly in this free agent market. They have to focus on pitching. I think they are focusing on pitching. But if you're keeping an open line of communication on all these guys, Jung Hu Lee is a really interesting free agent that should not be overlooked because if the Mets signed him, it would significantly improve their outfield next season. You go into next year and you have Nemo in center, Lee in right, Marte's defense would probably play up even better in left field. His arm in left would be amazing, but... You know, it's just a matter of how much he stays on the field. With DJ Stewart, that's four outfielders I feel really good about with Jeff McNeil always being able to step in at any of those positions if you absolutely need him to. It would also, in some respects, put a, a bigger emphasis on the competition between Ronnie Mauricio and Brett Beatty in the infield because Jeff McNeil would be more likely to be sticking at second base. So those two guys would really be at each other trying to get that time at third uh, on as much of an everyday basis as they can for whoever is the best of those guys. So it, it really would uh, make the team complete in a lot of ways. 
I just don't foresee it happening. And that's why I haven't spent much time on it. But today, as we're exploring the entire international market, it felt like a disservice to not spend a whole segment on Lee because that's how good he really could be next season. There's also a lot of relievers, though, that are hitting the market. Yariel Rodriguez is the main one we're going to talk about. But I'll break down the remainder of the pitchers on the international market in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Become a Locked On Mets insider if you don't want to miss any of the hot stove action over the next couple of weeks. Locked On Mets insiders are part of our texting service where you get updates from me about everything going on at the Mets as well as anything that I want to talk about from the show. If I have a hot take I want to test out on the insiders before I bring it to the mic, sometimes I do that. You can also ask me questions anytime. and I'm always open to uh, answering any questions you might have or receiving any feedback. So appreciate all of you subscribe, head to the episode description to join or go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. All right, let's break down the rest of the international market. We've talked about Yamamoto in the past. We talked about Imanaga and Lee. Now we get a little bit further down and we'll start with Yariel Rodriguez. I think he's probably the Best impact guy left here. In 2022, pitching in the NPB, he had a 115 ERA. He also pitched for Team Cuba in the World Baseball Classic, made a couple of starts, pitched to uh, 245 ERA, was very good in that tournament. Now you're looking at you know what he would bring to the Mets. And again, 1.15 ERA as a relief pitcher is pretty damn good. He won the Central League Most Valuable Setup Pitcher that season. He spent three years in the MPB and altogether pitched to a 3.03 ERA while striking out 9.7 batters per nine. He tried to make the jump to the big leagues last year, but he was still under contract, and they did not let him out of that contract. So he basically just sat out for a year, and now he is finally a free agent. He is one of the top setup men available. I would love for the Mets to sign him. Uh, you pair him with David Robertson as your big bullpen additions, and the Mets will be going a very long way to getting those bridge guys you need for Edwin Diaz next season. So Rodriguez, definitely among the top relievers on my list here. Now you get to a guy that has not been posted from what I could see, but has closing experience. That is Yuki Matsui. He has a one or had a one five seven ERA this past season. Or 57 and a third innings pitch. He has 236 games saved in the NPB. He's eclipsed 30 saves in seven different seasons. He's a left-handed pitcher. He has a 2-4-0 career ERA. So Matsui would be an awesome ad. I just don't know if he's going to get posted. And I don't know if he wants to close still. Uh, it would be interesting for a team to, to sign this guy and make him their closer. But that could be sort of the, the way they land him. You know, if you have a team like the Tigers have been weirdly aggressive this offseason, if they were to go out there Matsui and say, hey, you could be our closer next year, that might push a signing across more than a team like the Mets that have a closer entrenched. So I'm still not sure if he'll be posted or if he'll want to be a setup man. So that's why I think Rodriguez is the more likely fit. And we'll stay on relievers, although I don't necessarily think 
that this guy is a better potential option than our final arm we'll discuss. But to stay in the relief realm here, Woosuk Go is available. And I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. If I did, I'll tell you what. Mets fans would have a field day with that name if he was bad in a Mets uniform. But Go had a 3.68 ERA in the KBO uh, last year. And he struck out 12.1 batters per nine. Over the last four seasons, he has reached double digits and strikeout per nine each year. He had a sub two ERA twice, once in 2019, once in 2022. He's a 25-year-old relief pitcher who was posted, so he'll probably sign somewhere. I'm not too intrigued by it. I wouldn't look at Go as a guy that you sign and you think, oh, yeah, he's definitely a setup man. But as someone who is trying to translate to the big leagues, he should be a, a relief pitcher at least that you can go to for some innings. I just don't know how good he's actually going to be going from the KBO to Major League Baseball. It's a tough jump for him to make. All right, the last pitcher to discuss, Naoyuki Uesama. Now, this is a starting pitcher. so That's why I think he is more valuable than Go would be. But, you know, he's definitely not an Imanaga tier. He's, he's a tier below that. He's more of a back-end starter. With that said, his numbers are pretty good. 2.96 ERA in the NPB. That was over 170 innings pitch, but he only struck out 6.6 batters per nine. His whip was good, 1.14, so he was limiting hits, uh, and he wasn't walking a ton of guys, 2.2 walks per nine. Kept the ball in the yard really well on top of that, and he's just been a good pitcher in that league for a long time. Dating back to 2017, he has kept his ERA below 3.50 in each season, and he's eclipsed 160 innings pitch in each of the last three years. So if you're looking at a guy that would compete with Tyler McGill, Joey Lucchese, Jose Budo at the back end of that rotation, but someone who probably has a bit of a better floor, I think Uesama would be a nice add. Not the top of my list, but if the Mets signed him, I would think that it was a pretty good addition in a market that just has so many teams eager to add starting pitching. You know, Uesama is a guy that is a starting pitcher that – I think you can at least have some pretty, you know, decent hope in to be able to give you 150 innings. Now, is that 150 innings at a 296 like he had this past year? I mean, it was actually 170 innings at a 296. I don't think so. But if he gave you 150 innings at a 4-3 ERA as your fifth starter, that would be extremely valuable. It was a lot more valuable than what the Mets were getting from their back-end starters this past season. To sum it all up, though, Yamamoto is the prize on the international market. That's why every team is in on him. But there are other really talented pitchers that are out there that could be attained. Imanaga would definitely be a middle-of-the-rotation guy in my eyes. And you look at Imanaga or like Seth Lugo, who we discussed on yesterday's show, and I'd be very intrigued to go the Imanaga route because he's a little bit younger. And you still don't know. Like, he might have a higher ceiling. There, there could be more he taps into. So I, I do think that is a, a target the Mets should absolutely be in on. Um, Yariel Rodriguez for their bullpen seems like a nice fit. Those other arms we discussed you know, are, are certainly not bad additions. And then Jung-Hoo Lee would be a sneaky signing. I, I'm not anticipating it, but if the Mets went there, I think it would be a pretty smart ad. So we'll see how the Mets attack the, the rest of free agency as far as the international market 
there are any signings outside of Yamamoto. It is certainly an opportunity when the rest of free agency is pretty weak to actually find some other talent in this market that's less proven, of course, with these guys that haven't played in the big leagues yet. But there's always that chance that one of these guys could pop and you end up with a player on a steal of a contract. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's going to be all, though, for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Tomorrow's show, if there is no news to discuss, we're going to rank the top players on the Mets roster. This was a suggestion from one of the Locked on Mets insiders, and I think it'll be interesting to see which of the players on the Mets roster is the most valuable, and we'll go all the way through the entire roster. So it should be fun to really put the Mets' current players to the test and see who are the best guys they got right now. So if you don't want to miss that episode, make sure you follow uh, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and want to make a push to 10,000 subs. So appreciate all of you who are hitting that subscribe button. You can follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And you now can check out the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on sports with Locked On Sports today, breaking down all of the stories around the sports world right now with local experts covering each individual team and our league experts covering the best of the action all together. So make sure you find Locked On Sports today when you're on YouTube.